0: to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, Future's lily-white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 10, Episode 24. I'm Jack. I'm AST. I'm Chris. And we have to say hi, Chris, especially to you, because I think That's this right. might be your second of this season, but it feels like it's been a while since we've had you on. But Second it's great of as well this way.
1: season? Really? Yeah. I was, but- yeah god okay yeah yeah you're right actually you're right yeah
0: it's been a while so welcome back it's Thank always weird to much. have you on to chat to you
1: i might have been um at the north london derby since we last spoke that was good were you at that game yeah no i did I not know a really that nice sight of sonny's goal just oh. got and put my name in the hat and got drawn out luckily That's so good what
0: was that like was that must have been weird being there right when there was barely any fans
1: it was very weird. And however, it's incredible how noisy even two thousand people can be. Mm. And and I thought that, and then I thought, well, actually, when you're in an away when you're at away game, yeah. all you can hear is those two thousand people, and it sounds really noisy. So imagine that, you know, the acoustics are really good in our stadium. Mm-hmm. So and you could tell that it made a difference to the players. Oh, it was just it was yeah. wonderful. It was weird because I, you know, I could hold my arms out both sides, and there, you know, there was no one around me um and i applied on my own for more of a chance of going because mm-hmm. actually two people then you you know you have i don't know yeah. what the statistics are yeah. but yeah it was brilliant it's brilliant oh, that's, so that's what i that's... hold on to because i think that's the that's, that's going to be it this season isn't it
0: but you the to have been there for that sun goal like i feel like the sun goal in that game is one of those goals where the last like 10-15 years of people are like oh if you could have been at a moment what would it have been and the thought of like the thought of just being there with however many fouls it was would have been amazing. But, you know, match, if that had been a sellout, that goal, that would have been, what well, would have just been insane, wouldn't it? But Absolutely. Lucky you to have seen that in the flesh. That's unbelievable. Um, we've got a couple of games to talk about today and some positive scorelines, which makes a nice change. Two 4 0 victories, lots of goals, solid ish defending. So let's start with the Europa League. Um, where we beat Wolfsburg a 4-0. Obviously, we won the first leg very, very convincingly away from home. So it was a bit of a dead rubber game, but it was obviously still important for us to go out, play well, get a win, you know, especially for a lot of the fringe players who typically have been playing in the Europa League. That was massive for us to just go out and dominate and just play nice attacking football and to be on the front foot. So I was really, really pleased with what I saw from that
2: game. I mean... I'm going to say it it was an awful team that we were what 4-0 up against 4-1 up against it, we we were never going to lose that game but what I did like was seeing the kids on the bench I don't mean to start on such a downer um there were loads of positives we didn't need to do much defending Delhi was brilliant Delhi was great Bell was great I'm just trying to remember who the team was I thought Vinicius was really really good as well um I I'd really like him as a backup striker there there was chat afterwards where I think Jose had been quoted as saying He's good, but he's not forty million euros good. That might be the case, but he's, a, he's a, he'd be a good he backup. Game.
1: He didn't look. He didn't look that happy about his goal, though, did he? He's a weirdo. You know, he didn't I think his pose. He didn't. You know, uh, you would have thought not even a smile. I actually went to look to see if he'd ever played for them or something. <laughs> Almost a bit like that. Yeah. He hasn't. By the way
2: it reminds me, there was there was a game, and I'll always remember it where Paulinho came on. I think it was against oh, City. Okay, yeah. Or against United where we'd gone one behind and gone three one up and he came on just to see the game out and he didn't yeah. look happy at all. Looked completely miserable and he just thought, like, come on, just just enjoy yeah. it. And there was a little bit of that with him. Maybe he wants to be played more. I dunno. I like Vinicius
0: though, you know, like I think that he hasn't played much Premier League football as he. Well. I think the only game he started was the Chelsea shambles at home. Yeah. And I thought even in that game, I thought he did all right, considering basically we sat on the edge of our box and smashed the ball up to him and said, "Can you go and win this game?" Um, <laughs> the games that he has played, he scored, doesn't he? He's like scoring or assisting pretty much he's every game he's played.
1: Contributed really well, actually, yeah. and and I like his energy. Actually, that's why I yeah. was surprised by by him not celebrating that goal, because in in all other contexts, I really like his energy.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I, um, I think the important thing to remember with him as well is it has given Kane the rest. Yeah, like you know we haven't we I mean, we had Lorente, but even when we had Lorente, Kane would play a lot of games, and it's like Vinicius is able to come in in these cup ties and in Europe, and like Kane can be on the bench sometimes. Kane's not even in the squad, and it's like yeah. that's brilliant. Like that, you know, like this would be touch wood, and I'll probably jinx it now, and he'll do his cruci <laughs> or something at the weekend. But this would be the first season for. Three or four years that he hasn't missed a massive chunk of it for a for a oh, bad injury. Don't
1: say um, it, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> if you said it out loud, think it. Don't
0: say it. And then if it oh, happens at the weekend, I'll just come back and edit that bit out, and nobody will know. So it's fine. <laughs> um but Vinicius has given us that as well, as well as all the conclusions on the pitch. Like he's he's giving Kane the rest, which is fantastic. But no, ASD, you were right, Delhi was brilliant. Like his goal. I mean, let's talk about where does say. that
2: rank in terms of the best Delhi goals that he scored for us? Right, can we, let's talk let's do this then. Obviously the Palace one, which was amazing. Yeah. There was one he scored against was it like Swansea? Always on the edge of the box and he curls it from yeah. outside the box into the yeah. top right hand corner yeah. at White Hart Lane after yeah. I think Moussa Dembele had just been fouled.
3: I think it might have been
2: against Watford. Watford, that's it.
1: Yes, Watford, it yeah, was yeah.
3: Watford.
0: Um, that Good was
1: night,
0: brilliant. Jack. He got a brilliant, brilliant goal at Old Trafford under Mourinho, which was. Oh, not I love that. From... I voted...
1: That was during. That was last summer, wasn't it? So oh, that yeah. was what the Coming down. I yes, voted uh, for that. For um, at the Proud Lily Whites, we did like goal of the season so yeah. far. Um, and I just thought that's an absolute. That was an absolute beauty. Yeah, it yeah, came it up great. really high, yeah. and somehow God had got it behind him and flicked it in.
0: That was brilliant. And the, and the Palace see, I'm, got,
1: obviously. I'm a total, total Del Evangelist. I love that term. I I won't. I won't hear anything I won't hear anything against him. And I know that there are kind of, you know, he has his detractors and all the rest of it. But there is no other player in the league that can do what he can do. And he's a special talent. It got and it's got to be nurtured, and we've got to play to his strengths. And what I think about, you know, when I hear about, you know. What Delhi can or can't do, I think about how few England caps Glenn Hoddle got, and that he was just in that moment where they didn't value the kind of player he was. And that's how I feel now when Delhi isn't on the team sheet and he's only 24, it's not too late. So, Delhi evangelism all the way. That's
2: such an amazing term. Uh, what's, gone, out, what's gone wrong with him, though, Chris? Hair? What's happened? Tattoo. <laughs> Fortnite as well. He's just split up with his missus, isn't he? Because he plays too much Fortnite.
1: I don't know, you know, because is it... I I don't know whether it's just about... If we think about how much pressure we put on all of these young men to perform when you're that talented and, and you're that... And he is that special. And I just think, actually... We need to kind of look after him more and think about what what his needs are. And we know that in any walk of life, when we're when you're managing special talent, sometimes you have to think about what's really going to motivate them rather than throwing them in the pot with everybody else. Mm -hmm. And on the one hand, you might say, "Oh no, you can't," whatever. But I think when you've got special talent like that, that's what you need to be doing. The other thing, of course, though, I was thinking about this earlier. I wonder whether the uh, Europa League is like Jose's greatest ruse. So he va- he's valuing it the most because it's potentially our only way into the Champions League. So he's saving the secret weapons of Gareth Bale and Delhi and unleashing them on the likes of Wolfsburger and soon to be uh, Dynamo Zagreb. I mean, that's like the most optimistic spin I can ever put on anything.
3: probably. <laughs> but...
2: <laughs> it's a, there's a point where I think football has become a little bit too optimised. Like, everyone's become hyper-fit, hyper-strategic, hyper-tactical, and there's fewer mavericks. Like, if you go back, we've been spoilt with Ronaldo and Messi as well. So, the last, it feels like the last 20 years, there's only been one player of the year, and it, it has been one of those two being player of the year, you know, the Ballon d'Or. Whereas, if you go back before that, it was, there you never used to know who it would be. Like, if you go back to, we I think we talked about it, the 2006, I was watching whenever i watch youtube chris it, I, I always end up watching like what all the links lead back to Ronaldinho, or zidane videos always they're my brilliant. two favorite players to I watch right it. and one of there's a brilliant video of of france versus brazil in the 2006 and I always go back to this because you have a look at those teams like if you have a look at the brazilian team kaka robinho dida ronaldo Ronaldinho. Cafu, Lucio, and then you have a look at France and it's Touram, Henri, Zidane, Vieira, Wiltord, Abidal, Sagnor, like Makalele, Ribéry, amazing teams. We don't have those teams anymore. England, you have a look now, England is a great team, but it's not a team full of superstars, even going back to the golden generation. And, and the point is, I think there are fewer, it feels like there are fewer like Mavericks who are out there. There's fewer like, in England, it might be the Joe Coles or the Bentleys who are just out there just different players just different talents and delhi is of that ilk and maybe he's, he's just not appreciated now i think delhi could go back and play in at any era and he'd be brilliant but there's some modern players now who wouldn't be brilliant in era, any era but delhi is just a football player
1: right? i think that's i think that's spot on asd because i was i was rewatched watched uh, Moneyball last uh, week oh yeah it's
2: so good isn't Great it film. yeah
1: And and it did make me think because and and I think that sort of those concepts and I've got I think guess we've got to remember that there's a lot more um, ownership in the Premier League now from um, American owners who might you know apply the same kind of logic that concept coupled with wall to wall football right Mm. and football that is so results driven in a way that you know I feel guilty sometimes saying all right if we don't win it's not a disaster. It's Mm. like I don't expect to win every game. That's not, you know. Of course, I want the team to win. Don't get me wrong, but I don't go to football, or I didn't when I when we could go to football, just for the results. I went for all the things that come along that 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 football brings, and you know, results and that that you know is one part of it. But I think the combination of it only being on the telly and, and that meaning that the result matters even more. And the fact that it's such much, so much more of a global product. So there are loads of people that talk about it on social media, which sometimes feels like the biggest noise when it, obviously mm. it's not. because It's just people, loads of people shouting. You know, that's why you probably end up with more detractors for the likes yeah. of Delhi. But, you know, that's that's who I want to see. My, my, my missus used to go to Everton in the 90s, not interested in football now at all. But we went to that FA Cup game we played against Tranmere. She's loved him. So much, ever since because mm. she was just like it was like watching a ballerina, hmm. and he because his footwork was he had a lovely game great game that day as well but his footwork was just beautiful and we were only like four rows from the front and it's a small ground so you could really see the intricacy of his of his talent and it's it's so instinctual, and I think you know I, I think that's the other you know yesterday. It was the proudly White's seventh birthday, so happy birthday to us!
3: Birthday. And we here
1: uh, we had a little party, no jelly and ice cream, sadly, because we couldn't <laughs> all get together. Um, but we had a Q and A with Gary Mabbott, and we, you know, we had actually we had like uh, fans from all over the world there, and there was a fan from I think Buenos Aires Spurs who asked, um, which players Gary would put into the '80s team of the current team, and who he'd bring from the '80s into this team. And he said, actually, he definitely put Kane and Sonny into the 80s team and mm. I, I meant I wanted to ask him I wonder how uh, Garth Crooks and Steve Archibald would feel about that but I didn't manage to get to it sadly um, and he said that this current squad is missing and and these are his words innovation talent guile and ingenuity mm. and actually he was pleased to see Delhi and Gareth Bale make their case against Wolfsburger and it was pre-match so I think you know you might have said even more post match yeah. from from Bale. Um and incidentally, for those who are interested, he said he'd put um Glenn Hoddle, and if he was allowed, even though the question was about the eighties, Gaza into this mm-hmm. uh, into this current team. So, you know, that just goes to show like those that's midfield, that is those things, innovation, guile, ingenuity, that talent, the thing that you can't that you can't quite put your finger on. And Delhi's got that. And we've got him there. We need to use him.
0: The interesting thing I think listening to you both talk about all of that is you think back to the first 15 games of the season we felt like we had all of that do you know what I mean and then from now on like we were scoring these unbelievable goals like we hit united for 6 southampton for 5 like 2-0 against city 2-0 against arsenal like it felt like we had all of that and I know that there's a counter which is we were just playing uh, a way of fo- a, a style of football that was reliant on individual brilliance but it's like we've got the players to do it it's just we can't seem at the moment to find the balance between... It doesn't have to be all-out attack like it was against Everton in the FA Cup where you ship five in, but also it doesn't have to be 11 men behind the ball like it was at home to Chelsea. It's just about finding the balance between the two, which is what's so frustrating. But it feels like the last couple of games we have found that because we've looked better at the back and we've been a lot more... We've been so so much quicker in transition that's what's been noticeable the last few games. Like even going back to the second half against West Ham, when we got the ball, you know, we were we we're pressing high up first and foremost. And if you do that, you have only got to play one or two passes and you can be in. So that straightaway is being more on the front foot. But the Wolfsburger and the um game at the weekend against Burnley, like the speed of our attacks was just
2: devastating. And someone who wasn't picked out was end on Bellet for that. Like even the highlights and match of the day didn't pull out the pass for the second goal or the fourth one of the goals uh, where he turned it and turned it into a transition I think and turned it into moving it forwards they didn't even show that I think he's been absolutely brilliant in terms of Moneyball for those who haven't seen it it's about basically not focusing on the glamorous stats like even goals it would be about the stats that create the optimal result. So, on in moneyball, it's about on ball on a base percentage, whereas in football, it might be assists or it might be a pre-assist assists or it's finding mm-hmm. the stats that matter basically. And I think Ndombele would be the perfect version of that. I think he's absolutely brilliant. I've, you've got to give credit for that. I don't. Burnley didn't offer much. It's it's a bit of a shame to see. Um, Jay Rodriguez go the way he's gone I know he's had a few injuries but we were in for him weren't we and he's one, he one of, was of the port-
0: unluckiest footballers honestly yeah. like he, he would 100% that year when he did his I think it was his, his knee at Southampton he would have gone to the World Cup that summer like absolutely yeah. no doubt about it he had something like 14-15 goals didn't he that season playing yeah. like off the side of a front three like he was brilliant that year for Southampton and he definitely would have gone gone on to that World Cup and played for England and you've only got to have a good Four or five games at a tournament, and you can nick a massive move, can't you? So it's like, it is a shame, but I mean, he seems to have sort of found a bit of happiness, and at least he's not injured as regularly anymore. Because you know he missed about eighteen months, didn't he? Like, it was just yeah. awful the injuries that he got, and he was a he was a he was a very very good player at one point for Southampton. Um, so it's it's just a bit weird to sort of see him now slogging it out of Burnley when it was like he yeah. was quite a creative player, wasn't he, at Southampton? It's like
2: how times change, but.
0: I mean, With
1: very long hair, I noticed as very well. Long, I was like, very long I could look twice. I was like, Is that okay? It's him.
2: It's a good looking boy. He can hold multiple haircuts, I think.
1: <laughs> Talking of hair, did you notice um, how irritated Gareth Bale got when someone touched his yes, man by the, end of the game. It was, ben, was it
2: Ben Davis? I think. Made it even <laughs> he <funnier>. was not <laughs> like, happy. So, as a, as a Welshman, right, it's a brilliant weekend for Welsh sport, obviously, because at the 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 rugby uh, which was hilarious and then obviously it's happy it's happy St David's Day to everyone today but this Welsh mafia thing I'm not sure I'm down with it um but do you remember
1: that is that the, is that just because of the word mafia or just no,
2: generally sort of about being cringe yeah yeah there's a mafia thing and it's just a little bit cringe I I like that they're they're all mates um, yeah do you remember if you Google like Bale Spurs real madrid transformation there's two pictures of him when he left spurs and one where he uh, got to real madrid and he gets ripped mm-hmm. and you know there's loads of uh alleged stories about doping i mean you have a look at man city and suddenly players started to go bald but suddenly got really big like silver went bald walker went bald there's another one wasn't there aguero started dyeing his hair and Bell's
0: triore as well. at Wolves is a good one, isn't it? From his Barcelona days, it's like he's like a rake, and then yeah. overnight he's like it looks like he could pick a car up.
2: And it's the same <laughs> as Bale. If you ever look at Bale, Bale is thinning massively, thinning on top. That's why he's got a top knot because it just covers the hair. So I I understand why. But it is great to see him back. because oh. <laughs> you you remember that feeling when they put the video out, and it was the it was him watching his old. I'm getting goosebumps now. Him watching his old old gold. And yeah. you've just got that feeling that it, something was going to happen. And it, it sort of hasn't happened. But now it's just back. And he's doing stuff that we didn't really see him do before. Like, his first touch is really good. And his his, his shots, like, before they were outside the box, like, power. Now they're just precise curling. Amazing effort. And I his, love it.
0: His range of passing, like, oh, his, yeah. the, the, Kane, the Kane goal against Burnley, which is the second, like, yeah. Bale picks the ball up midway in his own half off the back four. And it's sort of like I thought that was really interesting because it was almost like he was picking up positions that at the start of the season Kane was doing, but then Bale was finding Kane the way Kane was finding Sun, and it's sort of like I think I think we maybe were found out a little bit with the whole tactic of Kane will drop deep, Sun or spin in behind, and it's like Bale was picking the ball up, and it was like at first I was like that's interesting to see him, you know, getting into central areas because like for me that's sort of where he should be now. It's no good sticking him out on the wing because he's not that type of player, like get him involved in the play. But that ball over the top for Kane's goal was just, I mean,
1: uh, it's, it's funny. It. it really was. It's funny because the, the Proud of we has got a really active WhatsApp group and it really goes off during games, as you can imagine. And there was so much to talk about yesterday. But the thing that elicited the most sort of emojis in a positive sense was that ball. And there were four goals and all sorts of other things happened. But that pass had everybody just going wild because it was just, it's its just what you want to see. It's just what you want to see.
2: It's like he's been taking lessons from Michael Dawson. It's that good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's kinds of amazing things. every time Toby's hits a crossfield pass, it's what Dawson wishes he could have done. Bless him.
0: I was going to say on that, on that cane goal, there's an amazing still image which you must have seen going around on Twitch to have Nick Pope where he's just face-planted yeah. into the ground yeah, yeah. where he's tried yeah. to save the cane shot, which I thought was hilarious.
2: You've reminded me, the best daily goal of all time is the one against Chelsea, it is the one from Toby's long ball over his shoulder at Stamford oh, Bridge. That.
1: That, oh, that's yeah.
2: One touch. That's the because that and then the celebration going and giving it to the Chelsea mm. fans. That is my favourite Delhi goal of all time. Even and the, and the two
1: the bridge as well. That just kind of makes it extra mm. sweet, doesn't it?
2: Oh, do you know what? I was at Stamford Bridge for when PSG knocked Chelsea out. I was in the shed end when David Louise scored against them to knock them out. It was amazing. It was because it's a horrible place to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is good. Have you ever done corporate there? I've done corporate there once. Have you? Have you done it? Uh, no. So the players walk through the the place where you're eating, and so we had all the Spurs what, before players
1: before the game or after.
2: Before and after, so they walk. It's really weird. It's like as they arrive, they have to walk, and like it, it's roped off, and you can go and stand by the ropes. And the Spurs players had all their headphones on, and they will walk, walk through. I remember Crouch was <laughs> weirdly really really tall, you know. And, <laughs> and then all the Chelsea players come through, and they sign up.
1: surprised by that.
2: But it's like I'm tall. But he was like, geez, you're tall, you know. It's I don't have to look up to many people. And so when I do it, it's a really weird sensation. It, it was like that. And it's hard, right, because everyone, everyone else there is Chelsea. So I can't go and go and be like, can you sign my stuff? Because I, I love you. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you getting me excited about deli stuff now? Nutmegs yeah. and all, all of that.
1: Absolutely. All of that. And I think at his very at his best is it's the thing that it just unlocks something that you weren't expecting. And that's what you want to see at football. That it's the opposite to money ball really. Although I do love Endon don't get me wrong, I think he's made an enormous difference um to the team. And I think that might be one of the re- things from yesterday was because you had Endon Bellet and Hoybier, who I also love because I think he's great. Um um there and they didn't have anybody sort of who was supposed to be a bit of an extra shield like lamella or sissoko you just let the front four play mm, yeah and i think they could do their job and then the front four could do their job and and that's why I, why i think it worked i mean i don't know what it, no disrespect to burnley i don't know what that would what would happen if it was a better team regardless of what roy Keane says
0: yeah, well, that was what I was going to talk about next because there was there's a brilliant clip of Roy Keane and Jamie Redknapp going at it on Sky, which is basically Roy Keane saying if you take Kane and Son out of the Spurs team, they're average, and that's being polite. And Jamie Redknapp, we it felt like it was out of character that Jamie Redknapp was sticking up for Spurs because I always feel like he's very anti-Spurs, even mm. though he was, you know he was a former player and captain. Yeah, it, for yeah, me, he always is.
1: He doesn't fantasy. like what happened to his old man. I'm yeah. sure that's what it is.
0: Yeah. But what do we think about what Roy Keane said about if you take Kane and Son out of
2: Spurs' team to their average at best? I mean, I, I can't stand Keane. I think he's a bully and I don't think he should be allowed on TV for that reason. And it's the same with all of the 92. If they're not the class of 92, if they don't play exactly in the way that... Uh, Ferguson taught them to it's like everything's wrong with football it it winds me up I've got not much time for him same with soon like I get he was a hard man I get he's been around but he's a bully as well I I, I'm not a fan of him I've either of them
1: I completely agree with you because I think and that kind of you know and it's disagreeing is fine right of course it is because we're not all going to agree with everything but the but that and because he's a bully, I agree with ASD, that antagonistic nature comes out, and that's not how I want to see my football punditry. And and I disagree with him of what he said, obviously, but also it's like it's not even that it's not even that sort of it's not even that good. Because i mean, you know, before the game he says Burnley's midfield would start for Spurs, is what he said before the game. At half time, we we dominate in midfield. At half time he says I could play for Burnley. Well, I mean, what kind of punditry is that? Hmm. and 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 he's there being celebrated and lauded i mean he was a great player for actually what he did and all the rest of it but he was a bully and i'm just i'm not up for it and also he's wrong yeah. <laughs> you know we might not be we might not be at our most blessed at fullback although i think reggie is going to be something really special mm. actually um or as a, a center back to be honest but you know endon and hoybier would get in most top teams yeah. Who's going to say no to either of those two? Kane and Son would get into most top, would get into the salsa? every top team.
2: Marcelo Woods as well. I, I'm not having it from him. Um, and it's, I think there's a. I'm looking forward to the next generation of pundits. Like I, I'm a big fan of Alex Scott. For I think she's just smart. She feels always prepared Mica and Richards from, as well. Mika Richards
0: yeah. is a brilliant pundit.
2: Balanced, and it's a bit like there's some pundits where when they do their punditry, so say they're choosing the the man of the match, they always choose the player that's in their position, and and you just go like just just have the ability to see beyond your own little boundaries, your own little world, and do your job, and that's why I think that football is a real it has a real problem there sometimes i feel if you ever watch all the other sports there's a lot better punditry because they have to and maybe that's why alex scott ha- is a better pundit because she has to to compete with the men in, in that yeah. in yeah. that way do the
1: real the real work for it i think you're absolutely right it's like the um it's the tim it's the equivalent of tim sherwood's management of punditry so it's like mm. go out and play lads and it's exactly, you know, and there, there's your equivalent. It's like, well, I did this, so I know, and I'll just that's talk it. about the thing that I did, which is exactly what you just said about Roy Keane there, you know, just talking about we did it this way. And if you're not doing it that way, there's nothing else to say. Well, that's not good enough. Because also we're much, as, as consumers, in inverted commas of the product, we're much more sophisticated. We read more about it. There's more. There's actually so much more there because there's like 24-hour news, all of the content on the online, et cetera. It's got to be better than that. It's got to be.
0: I also think with, with his actual comment as well about if you take Kane and Son out of Spurs team, they're average. I was like, I don't think I necessarily disagree with that, but I think the same can be said for pretty much every team in the league apart from City. If you took two of their main players, it's like if you go to Liverpool, we've seen Liverpool. They haven't had Van Dijk all season. If you take Van Dyke and Salah out of their team, they're, then then no one was good. Imagine Man United without Bruno Fernandes. All of a sudden, that's not great. If you took Bruno Fernandes and De Gea out of United, they're not particularly strong. If you went to Leicester, I know Leicester had a lot of injuries, but you take Madison and Vardy out, yeah,
3: yeah.
0: it's not the same. So it's like, I didn't disagree with, with his point, but I just thought that, that that's not necessarily just the Spurs issue. I was like, if you're talking in isolation about the goalkeeper in the back four, then I'm like, okay, I, I, I can get on board with what you're saying there. But like any team in the world, if you put Kane and Son in them, would become reliant on them, like just because they 're your main players right like that 's just the way football's always been. Any mm. top team will have top players, you take them out, and as good so it 's like i didn 't quite understand what point he was trying to make with it
2: that's not sky sky 's job any media 's job is not to give you an accurate assessment. it is to create conversation is to make you watch because then be fun, they can put that. ads next to it right, and we 're still talking about it, but we don 't yeah. have any adverts, so we ain't getting paid for it. Hmm. <laughs> um we got
0: fulham this week which was actually turned out to be a very tricky game when we played them at home um mm. so there was a lot of controversy surrounding it because the game was just announced from out of nowhere we were playing fulham in two days and scott parker in my opinion rightly so was mm. kicking off about it fulham to be honest probably should have won that game it ended up being 1-1 um when we played them at home we weren't particularly great, like Fulham got on top of us. We, we didn't really have too much to offer going forward or defensively in that game. So I'm under no illusions that despite where they are in the league, this could be quite a tricky game for us. Um, I quite like what Scott Parker's doing there at Fulham as well, because I mean, if you look at their team like individually, there's not many great players there. And the fact that they're not cut adrift at the bottom is probably testament to how well he's doing. So, look, it's a game going into it. I want to see us approach it the same way we've approached the last two and a half games, which is yeah. let's be on the front foot. Let's flex our muscles in it. You know, like we've got better players. Like we, you can play Hoy and Ndombele out and still have a front force so really have five in attack. Let's get our backs high. Like that's what we need to be doing in this game. Like this isn't a game where we need to be conservative and too worried about what they're going to do. Cause you know, with Bale Sun, Kane, Dele, Ndombele, Lucas Moura, who I actually thought has played pretty well the last couple of games we should have more than enough to go there, take the game to them and beat them. It's just whether or not we approach the game in in that manner.
1: We've got to, surely. You know, when you've got two games where you've scored eight with no reply and the confidence is high, to then go and set up in any other way, you know, because you've got to think about the players' sort of psychology towards it as well. You want them to go in with like with that feeling of buoyancy and that they can continue to do it. I mean, you know, it was quite evenly matched, I suppose, last time around on the pitch in terms of how it played out. But you'd hope that given where they are on the table, that they wouldn't be a match for us. I I had a look earlier, their last five games have gone draw, win, draw, win, draw. So they're due a win, but I'm not (laughs) sure that's how I gonna analyse it because it's not like a super simple IQ test. Um, But they're having trouble with scoring. You know, mm. they, you know, they're like sort of third from bottom. They they match their league position with scoring. So you'd hope that we'd end up with three clean sheets in a row. And, you know, they've only got had four players that have scored in 2021. So, you know, you actually want to go out and punish. Because I think if we do what we did at, um, at yesterday and we go and score early, which we could do because we could hit them without, mm. you know, like you say, high fullbacks and go in sort of with the pace that was frightening. Then I think we could have a we could have another high-scoring game.
0: Yeah, and Bale has to start as well, surely. You know, yeah. after the last couple, like he has to start.
1: I think the only problem is is that what is his fitness, is whether he's actually capable of of playing every game because he can. He's definitely making a He's definitely made a case for it. It's about whether he's up, is physically up to it. I think. Has so he scored mm. the
2: same amount of Premier League goals in the last? Four Games that he's played that Lamella has in two and a half years. Let's, let's
0: not I'm get off. Right. It. Let's like avoid was...
2: it. Can we avoid Eric Lamella chat today? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's do Clint Dempsey chat because um, he scored my favourite ever Europa League, non Spurs Europa League goal. Do you remember the one he got against Juventus? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. worth a Google. Um, yeah. Crazy that Fulham are knocking Juventus out of the Europa League. But anyway, but it got me thinking we've had loads of shared players. Either, you know, one after another, but I just, I mean, I've just Googled it, but I forgot Berbatov went to Fulham yeah. for a bit oh, after United. He, okay. he came back
0: as a Fulham player and got the winner at White Hart Lane,
2: yeah. <laughs> which is like, of that's course. a classic Spurs of thing, course. you got Scott Parker, obviously, yeah. oh, love Adele Turat, Darren Bent. Danny Murphy. Danny Murphy, yeah. Simon Davis, yeah. Welsh legend. Stephen Chimbonda, Kelly.
0: Pascal, Pascal Chibonda. Was he a Fort Fulham?
2: Because, yeah, Again? I think he did. Fulham? Danny Fulham. Murphy, obviously. Like, There's been a fair few. And then Archibald went there, I think. Paul Konchesky, You mm. know, uh, legends.
1: Paul I feel
0: like there was a period of time as Valerie. well, maybe sort of about 10 to 15 years ago, where Fulham was the place you'd go when I you're about 30. Of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, of
1: of got course. That
0: you are about thirty two, thirty three and you'd go to Fulham, wouldn't you? You'd sign a three, four year deal at Fulham and you'd sort of just you'd be happy finishing in the lower half of the Premier League, but that was just sort of where a lot of players went before they retired. That was how it felt anyway for a few years. Yeah, but they've had only... kind of it. <laughs> You're just in that age bracket now as well, aren't you, you can time for Fulham now. It's an amazing <laughs> away day Fulham as well.
3: Like, oh, I love it. It just that art. walk
1: from the tube to the yeah. ground by the river and then being able to just sit and have a drink at half time overlooking the river as well you're just like oh actually you know this is what London football you know it's great it's great it's great it's great. it was
0: amazing but
1: I dro- I dropped Lucas Moura I know you just said you uh you, you've rated him but I just think you know he's been like running into cul-de-sacs the whole time he could only run a straight line and personally as well I think with his not to bring politics into it, but I'm going to with his support of Jair Bolsonaro when the uh, Brazilian election happened, I can't forgive him. I mm-hmm. uh, so find you, it really difficult.
0: You you'd bring Delhi into the team then I'm, I assume Chris Every time.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think he? apart from the Del Evangelism, I would still uh <laughs> try to I'm trying to get that to catch on, can you tell? Uh, I'd I'd play him, I think he's got more to offer. Yeah. And I think that M- Mora makes as many mistakes, as many misplaced passes, loses the ball more. And I don't know why he doesn't get the same amount of, um, you know, maybe it's because Dele is so much more of a talent, you expect more from him. But he doesn't get as much stick and he certainly doesn't get um, the same kind of treatment from the manager.
2: He should have scored against Burnley, shouldn't he? he and it was classic Mora. Yeah. did Did the hard bit and yeah. then just cocked up when he had to make a decision just chose the wrong thing like it was it must have been easier to 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 score than to not score in that situation in it is field.
1: hard of course criticizing him give, given what he did in Amsterdam and i of just want to i just want to put that on the record i do appreciate that there's some players who <laughs>
2: yeah. there's some players who were untouchable so danny rose obviously for his his debut goal there's just moments which will always be the presiding memory yeah. woodgate and the header in the 2008 mm-hmm. You know, just things like that. But I don't mind Lucas Mora though, to be fair. And it's like,
0: but I think that I can, I can appreciate him for what he is, which is an extremely inconsistent, unpredictable player. So yeah. it's like, whereas so on, like, then, I wish-
1: on that basis though, would you start him because he's, no. you know, he's getting more starts more recently. I haven't got the facts in front of me, sadly. Maybe I should check.
0: You know, but... you know what? On on the on the back of how he's played the last few games, I'll be more than happy to see his name on the starting team sheet Instead if it's at the, if it, well. That's it. If it's at the cost of Delhi, like I mean, I I love Delhi. Like honestly, like he's such an exciting player to watch, and like having seen what's happened to him over the last couple of seasons, you just think like God, it's such a shame. Um, we did a podcast, I think it was right at the start of this season, um, ASD and I, and we talked a lot about Deli and about how he's going to have to try and reinvent himself as a different type of player now to find his way back into the side. And maybe we were wrong in that because it's sort of like, it seems like it's the same Deli, which we know and love and is absolutely brilliant, but it's just whether or not that Deli can get into a Jose Mourinho team. And that's still for me that what, what I'm trying to figure out. And it's like, I think maybe Jose's trying to figure that out himself, but. Your actual question, I think I'd rather see Delhi integrated back into the team yeah. instead of Lucas. But if Lucas plays, because I think he's done well the last four or five games, I, I don't mind that. But the likelihood is that we'll probably get to see near enough all of our attackers on Thursday, right? Because we've had quite a few games in the last 10 days.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah. you'd imagine those that don't start will probably come on after an hour and vice versa. Yeah. But I'm confident but I'm... we can get the job done, though, against Fulham. Like that Again, that should be another solid win for us
1: well we thought that last time though didn't we
0: <laughs> we did and we and we support spurs so come yes. on <laughs>
1: exactly
0: <laughs> you know, happen, um what are your predictions
2: for that game then
1: i'm gonna say four nil three four nils in a row why not i'll take a three
2: nil thought yeah three nil four nil i'll take a three nil i, I really good. i really no.
0: thought you were going to be like one one in asd like i feel like you had that <laughs> look in your eye there that he was going to be like <laughs> i'm going to
2: I'm to be very clear I'm still very much in the Jose out camp I, This was these were two results against poor teams one we were definitely going to win with the other one we really really should have won which is against Burnley which we did I don't think that was down to Jose I think it was down to the players more than anything but I'm very happy it's nice to see us win and with Fulham like West Ham you knew we were going to lose against West Ham this one I think it will be fairly routine I think we'll control it and I think we'll win
0: uh, I agree I agree. It'd be nice to get another clean sheet as well. I think that's important
2: for us to just get a bit of defensive
0: stability as well. And speaking of Fulham, I've got a quiz for you.
3: Um,
0: So I've gone back into the archives and I found an absolute horror game, um, which was January, 2011 in, in the FA cup and it was Fulham four Tottenham nil. And, the the first part of the match review on the BBC was Fulham struck four times and in a stunning first 45 minutes at Craven Cottage to destroy Tottenham's FA Cup ambitions. Spurs manager Harry Redknapp watched in horror as his team, so impressive in the Premier League and Champions League, was simply swept aside. Oh. It's like that is so that is such a Spursy result. Um, well, I remember. I, I remember think I might so have been
1: there. You know, did someone get sent off in that yeah. game?
0: Yeah. Danny Murphy scored two penalties in the first 14 minutes. <laughs> 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 the, 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 Fulham, the Fulham goals, the minutes they scored, it was Murphy penalty 11, Murphy penalty 14, Hangeland 23, Dembele
2: 45. And it's a White Hart name.
1: I, I stayed for the second half as well. No, it was, a, it was away a that game, wasn't it?
2: Ah, uh, Right, okay. So,
0: you're... Your task is to try to figure out the, the shambles of the Spurs side that day, which actually on paper is not that bad a team. Oh, 2011.
1: 2011, okay. so uh, uh,
0: Asu Akato.
1: It must have been um, Aurelio Gomez in goal, right? Aurelio yeah. yeah.
0: Gomez was correct in goal. Asura, ASD. Asura
1: Kato, yeah, you're right,
0: ASD, Yep. Yeah. Asu at left back. Dorse. Dawson Dors, at yeah. centre-half. He was the one that was sent off, Chris. Ah, there you
1: go. So who was who was with him? Billy Gallas?
2: No, he was King? on the bench that day. Was it was it not a first? Was it King? Wasn't King. Kabul?
0: No, it was the guy that was brought in to sort of be King's replacement. Oh, Basol. Sebastian
1: Basson. <laughs> Sebastian Basson. Where is, is it, where is he now?
0: Sebastian. Oh. I'll a have question. a look.
1: That's
0: the back four. Now we were playing. It looks like a. 4-2-3-1 So there's really there's, there's sort of Five midfielders really So right right wing Plays for
1: Aaron almost, Lennon
0: Yeah Aaron Lennon Bang on On the right yeah. Then yeah. Uh, Let's go into the middle So central midfielders There's there's sort of There's one creative player One defensive player In the middle so it
2: Wasn't like Dempsey At that time uh, Dempsey's playing for Fulham in this game Jeez well, This was our Champions League year So M- yeah. Modric Mod- Modric wow. Senate midfield then, it's too early for Sandro, so was it like. No, no, um, not too early. It's not too it's early.
0: No,
1: Sandro, well done. Good um, shout, ISD Is Sa- oh, Sandro,
0: he played in the Champions League, of course he did. Sandro, oh, was take, Sandro was taken off in this game after 17 minutes when we were 2 0 down and down to 10 men, and he put Gallas on. <laughs> for a bit of speed oh, at the back.
3: <laughs>
0: Which is incredible, isn't it? Um, then left hand side of midfield. So he wasn't a winger. He didn't have much pace. We we signed him on a free transfer, and there was quite a lot of hype about him. But he ended up being absolutely dreadful for us.
2: On a free transfer
0: from Everton.
1: Oh, that's uh, the um uh, Piena, the South African Pienaar. Did, did we know. get him
0: on a free? Got him on a free. Jeez.
1: Jeez.
0: He was miserable, wasn't he? <laughs> so bad. He was so <laughs> and bad. And that
1: was and that was in a. Was, did we sign him in January as well?
0: It was something like that, wasn't it? Like we they announced it in January to get him. It oh, was, there we'll was, some, there was some it was something like that, wasn't him. there? Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. just he was I so bad. And then we had an attacking midfielder playing off of a front man.
2: Attacking midfielder in the Champions League era. I'm um, a sexy footballer. Oh, Van der Vaart, obviously. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then it would have been Defoe or Crouch. Yeah. I Have yeah. it was Defoe, Defoe was taken off at half time for
0: Crouch. So, I mean it was just a stinker of a game. The Fulham because bear in mind that Spurs team's not that bad. But that's there's some there's some decent players in that side. Yeah. If you're looking at it, Lennon, Van de Vaart, Modric, Defoe, like there's some good attacking players there. The Fulham team, Stockdale in goal, Salcedo, Pansil, Hangeland, Hughes, Sidwell, Murphy, Duff, Dempsey, Dembele, Johnson. They beat us four nil. Four nil. I mean it's just Yeah. I remember I just
1: that game. Um, Spurs to them to them. Louis Saha Yeah, oh,
2: no. yeah,
0: of course That's another good one We talked about his debut for Spurs a few weeks ago, didn't we? Where against Newcastle, where he hadn't scored for ages oh, yeah. He scored two. two on his debut And we hammered them 5-0 when it was yeah, just Yeah, we
2: went to stay
0: And, and that was just...
1: like, oh, look, this is the beginning of something beautiful Yeah,
2: yeah. I just
1: looked four, up like Sebastian four, Basson four. Oh, where is he?
2: He plays for Harringay Borough he hasn't made an appearance since 2020. He went to Volos in Greece
1: in 2019. and played. That's right, Haringey Borough. I think I saw, because I went down there, um, <laughs> at, It's only around the corner from me, and I remember seeing something, uh, yeah, that's right, Volos in Greece, that's, I wonder if there was some link-up between him playing in a Greek team and then basically going to another Greek team in North London. <laughs> it's run by a Greek bloke, isn't it? Is it? I Borough. don't know. He's the manager. And I think the I think the chairman might be a Greek bloke as well, Well like Greek Cypriots though, like proper North London Greek Cypriots.
0: Yeah. Like but but So also had an amazing debut. For us. Remember against Liverpool, we beat them two one, and he scored yes. the winner. And it was it was him and Ledley, and it was like they were absolutely immense that day. Oh yeah, and that
1: was the that was the opening game of the season. At home, wasn't it? Because I remember I like got off a plane and went straight to White Hart Lane like, with my suitcase, trying to think, Oh, right. I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but I have to go. Benny and scored. yeah, you thought it was like something brilliant.
2: Yeah, absolutely quite I'm a sorry. screamer, wasn't yeah. it? Mm. I'll tell you who I was looking up the other day, talking of Wikipedia careers that have got in front of me. Emmanuel Frimpong. Do you remember him? Oh, God, oh, yeah. yeah Arsenal, yeah. Yeah, he has made a total of... in. He's now retired, retired in twenty seventeen. He only made eighty two appearances in eight years. Like ten a I know, oh, and he had he played for Arsenal Wolves, Charlton Fulham, Barnsley, Ufa, Arsenal Tula, Eskills Tuna, and Ermis Aradipu.
0: That's uh, so many teams. But that's the thing is though, is that if you're like a young pro at a Premier League side, even if you just make half a dozen appearances, you've got a career just off of that. Because you can drop down the leagues and then you can go to yeah, yeah. You know, you can go abroad and all of that and play at a level that's not that good, but you can make a career out of it. So a sort of fair play to him. But even the, I never, ever even saw 10 seconds of him where I thought he looks decent. Like he, just, he always looked dreadful.
2: <laughs> I remember he played in the North London derby. The one, I think it was 2-2, where Van der Vaart scored the penalty and shushed the Arsenal fans. But he Frimpong kicked the ball at Van der Vaart so hard, he made him actually throw up on the pitch. Do you remember that?
0: <laughs> I don't remember. I've never heard that.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He only made six appearances for Arsenal. One of them must have been against Spurs.
1: I'm just going back and I'm looking because Ermis Aradipu, as you call it, is that a Cypriot? Cause like, it must be. As far as I'm concerned, Aradipu is like a really tiny place that's like on yeah. the outskirts of a city in Cyprus. Called and cities in Cyprus are not big. Yeah, called Lanaka. Yeah. The cities in Cyprus are not big. So like that really is kind of not, you
2: that's know. Their stadium holds 5,500 people.
1: It's quite big.
2: What was your first game, Chris?
1: My first game, we uh, beat Everton 3-0 in April 1980.
2: Oh, I was going to do the team then, but I'm not going to get any of them. And I'm Jack won't get any of them either. So...
1: <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no, I'm no. Old.
2: So I'll tell i I did t-
1: that thing though no that I loved doing when I was a kid, which was... Um, wound down the window and it was before electric windows so you had to like <laughs> literally wind it yeah. like a crank yeah. and then put your scarf in and wind it back up oh, so yeah. okay, yeah. out the back of the car the whole way home very exciting I
2: love seeing that stuff like the flags on teams or buses with I and I really miss being a fan of football, like watching it, isn't the same. That's not what I'm here for. Like, we're, the reason we do this podcast is because we're fans. We're not, ana, we're not analysts like like Roy Keane. We're like, we're we're just fans. And I, like, we for a year we've just had to talk about stuff that's been on the TV that Sky have let us watch or BT Sport, or whoever. I really miss getting on a train, going to a ground, being in a stadium, yeah. being disappointed, being. All, but do you know what I mean like the highs and the lows of it
1: walking down the road seeing the people that you've literally said hello to for the last 15 years but you don't know what their name is and now you're embarrassed because you might have a (laughs) 10 minute conversation with them every single week but you don't know you know all of that and it doesn't happen anywhere else which is another thing that makes it so special there's a I think there's a
2: weird thing for men there as well like where they can be emotional and open up and I think I I I don't know from the woman's experience, but it's it's just a weird, there's a weird atmosphere where people are a bit more relaxed or they're a bit more open, and it's sort of no one talks about it, but it's it's a thing, and they, it, that's nice. And there's a feeling of belonging as well, which obviously we don't have at the minute. I I really
3: miss. No,
1: it's, it's really no, it's really nice to hear you say that because I think from a lot of people's perspectives, it's exactly the opposite. If you're a man at football, that you must be like aggressive and and all of that. and that's such a but that's such a small, there are some people that are like that in football, let's not, I'm not going to want to romanticise it, but it is a smaller minority than the kind of the, the sort of the tropes will tell you. And actually, it's more of that where you do get that moment where you're going to hug your mate or, oh, yeah. you know kiss the bald head of the man in front of you mm. when when that when that goal finally yeah, goes yeah, in and yeah. the rest of it. And you can let your guard down a little bit like that. And I think we talk we don't talk about that enough. I think that's a really nice point. Well,
2: there's a weird one where where I remember hearing a Spurs fan be racist, right? Be you shouting at a player but he looked around and immediately apologized and he, all he was doing was doing that thing where he was just letting his emotions go and he just shouted whatever was insulting in his head and I'm definitely not excusing it but it's it's that spirit that's there and I obviously it's a bad example but there's something it's, there It's a really
1: it, bad example but I think I know what you mean
2: Do you know what I mean <laughs> but it, it just but it, what I'm saying is there's there's just no limits and we're in in a world where we we're, we're so kept up in who who we're meant to be or what we are or not showing any emotion it's just nice to be able to go and let ourselves be vulnerable it's weird it's a vulnerability that, yeah. because it doesn't matter i think that's the key thing and it's uh, a lack of control as well i think when you
3: go you've
0: got, you've got absolutely no say whatsoever in the outcome of the game and it's like you can obviously try to influence a fan you can you know try and make your voice heard, but nothing we can really do is going to make a difference and it's, it's like that's that's what the buzz is like, we're all chasing that high, aren't we, of the last-minute winner? And that, so You've got no way of knowing. It's like, is that going to happen? Is it not? And that's what makes it so special.
2: There's nothing else in our world as well, right? Like, you, you know, in August, the thing you look for when the fixtures come out is, are the Arsenal games. We yeah. We know it. And you know exactly when it's coming. Like, it's going to be, what, March 13th? I think you know it. And so I'm already thinking about it. And there's nothing else in our world that is that. Nothing. Yeah. And there's nothing else that makes you feel wherever you're going to feel after it's like the wales england game it's every fight february it's always 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 around the week of my birthday and it it can either ruin your month or it can make your month and there's nothing else like it and i miss it it's like i'm working with an ix fan at work who's in amsterdam and we talk about it every week we talk about it mm-hmm. like we were talking about hopefully we meet in the final just so we can yeah. have another game and it to, to some people they will have forgotten about it but to I'll remember that for the rest of my life. And it, it's crazy. There's nothing else in our world like that. And that's what, that's the essence of football that we've been missing a bit, really. You no, know, The balance is off.
1: 100%, 100%. But I think that that vulnerability point is a really interesting one. And as I say, it's something I haven't thought about before from like a man's perspective. Um, and I think it's a, it's a really nice point because I, as I say, I think football fans get a, a hard, a bad deal a lot of the time. And and there is something in that, but I think to Jack's point as well, it is something about not being not being in control. Um, from a woman's perspective, as, as you asked it earlier, ASD. I think the thing for me is is there's no other place, literally, that that I can be where I can where I can sort of not not lose control because I'm I don't lose control, but like yeah. in what other context can a middle-aged woman stand up and shout?
2: Or a 21-year-old woman like yourself, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: <laughs> That's all right. I'm, all right. I'm all right with that, but you know, like you just—it's exactly not—it's not acceptable in any other walk of 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 my life. And I know it's not necessarily much more acceptable for a man, but there are there are sort of more contexts in which uh, you can start you can shout at something as a man in our culture than you can as a woman. And and I love it, you know. And I've got a really loud voice as well. And I've where I sit now and where I sit at White Hart Lane, it's about twenty-five rows up, so. If it's just at that sweet spot where it's just quiet enough, the linesman can hear me. I like that a lot. <laughs> Sorry, the assistant referee.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully it's not too long until we're all back, even at reduced capacity, because you know, it would just be so good to be like what you guys said to just experience a match day again.
3: Oh. Do you know what I
0: mean? Like I think the the thought of like sixty five thousand is probably quite a way off, but like to just be able to go and experience a match day, or just to be able to like hang out with your mates in a pub and watch a game. Do you know what I mean? Even to be able to do that, it just would or be or just impressive. have a couple
1: of, or even like someone comes round and watches it. Yeah. You know, I, I'd be interested to see what happens with the um, with the um, carrier bag cup final. Yeah,
0: because they pushed because, it back, didn't they, with the hope of they can get some Yeah, and actually,
1: in. I saw something in a small print of the um, of the sort of the the pathway or whatever it is called that mm. that, that might be a test event. Now, I don't yeah. know to what capacity. Obviously, it won't be whatever, um, but that might be a test event. So I think that's going to be really hard because there are so many people who are desperate to go to a game. And because it's a, a showpiece final, you know, I know that's traditionally the one that where they give more tickets to the fans. Mm. But I think that's going to be a real tough one.
0: Yeah. I'm just pleased that we're not playing City at the moment, aren't you? Because the thought of them in a cup final at the minute would just be, God, no thanks.
2: Yeah. The test, it's going to be interesting because because of the way that they sell tickets with nearly half of all tickets going to corporate. Test events are going to be just as loud as they would be anyway because the corporate people don't make any noise. Mm. And so if even if it's a test with 20,000 fans in Wembley, it's not going to be that far off. Mm. Not far that far off where would have been. Anyway. Also, what a
0: unique game like imagine like getting a ticket for that, seeing Spurs win it, like what a unique cup final. Like yes. you never gonna be a cup final like that again where you were like, Oh, I was there when it was
2: twenty two. Spurs won. I oh, know uh, when there's yeah. Yeah, when Spurs <laughs> won. <laughs> I
1: have to say I, I said at the beginning when I think when Jose arrived, I said there's gonna be two, only there are two outcomes here. One is this is the first place he comes and wins nothing. possible and the other is we're going to win the league cup i didn't think that anything better was going to happen sadly and i'm not actually a pessimist generally i'm Mm. quite optimistic but i just don't think he's got the right i mean asd we've not really talked about this but i just don't think he's got the right vibe for us
2: let's not start that that's
1: another stop that yeah yeah. let's not start that one (laughs) let's not start that one
2: we can have jose and
0: jose out in a few weeks time again once we see how the results go because there's a lot of people that are swinging between the two at the minute it's like when the results are bad it's like get rid then when we seem to pick it up it's like oh no maybe you can do it it's really difficult but i think that a lot of people are really on the fence with him at the minute
1: i'm not a fan but i'm also not one to call for the manager's head because i don't think it's particularly productive the only manager in my In my sort of season ticket holding time, which has been since 1997, actually there have been two. One was George Graham, just because I think it was wrong. It was just the Mm. wrong thing to do. And it wouldn't have mattered what he'd done. And the other is Tim Sherwood. I just think he was just appalling. And, like, shouldn't have been anywhere near managing our team.
0: That was just such a weird period, that, wasn't it? It's like, it's almost like that doesn't really exist. And it was only when I, I was on YouTube the other day and it, just watching some old football clips and it came up the bit with him, you know, where he gets the fan down into the dugout and gives him his gilet. Oh. And it's like oh. the, in, the interview after the game with him and it's like, he looks so happy with himself and it's like, it's oh. so embarrassing.
3: Although the only thing
1: you can say about that is that it was like the beginning of the, it was, I think it was a pre, almost a prerequisite for Pochettino somehow.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So anything that gave us Pochettino, like makes me happy. It was worth suffering. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Brilliant
1: um any more for any
0: more uh
2: there's a raffle
1: oh uh, yes tell us about yes, that yes yes please um so it was our seventh birthday um yes this weekend as i said the proudly whites and we are raising money for just like us which is uh, the edu- um lgbt plus education charity they've just done some research and they're the only ones that have done this research during the pandemic and more than double the number of lgbt plus young people are suffering with their mental health and so it's really important that we do this lgbt plus education in schools so the club have very kindly donated a squad signed ball and um it's only two pound a ticket we wanted we didn't want to make it an auction because we wanted to give everyone the opportunity to win um and if you go on the proud lily white's twitter or facebook um facebook is proud lily white instagram is proud lily white's twitter is at spurs lgbt you can it's pinned to our profiles you can buy a ticket two pounds by one by 25 um it all goes to a good cause and you can win a squad sign ball
0: amazing i mean yeah. who would want to do that that's brilliant brilliant cause, oh. brilliant prize if you win it's fantastic
1: absolutely
0: absolutely fantastic thanks
1: for reminding me ASD. i
0: got you <laughs> Well, look, fingers crossed for another successful week this week. Yes. And then when we're podding next week, we'll be reveling in Gareth Bale and Deli Alley linking up for a thumping victory over Fulham. So, fingers crossed we can do that. ASD, pleasure as always. Chris, great to have you with us as well. And we'll chat to you again next week. And thank you to everybody for listening. And remember, whatever happens, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs.
3: I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion.
2: Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world.
3: We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsmann. We are the collective gasp. The intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott, and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy, and the volley. We are the hat-trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. We are Blanchflower, Flower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.